Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yes, I'm unsure if we could get a hotter take of the Brownlow medal. I don't think there is one. We just need to get this right out in the open as quick as possible, Dan Const. You're here with Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, Shelter Footy Cast. We've got Jats Crackers on hand. It is absolutely all happening. Mark Reddings has worn his tracky pants in. <laughs> How good is it? Uh, Scully, great to be here. Look, I'm a bit disappointed because I my feeling was that you and the boys were going to be tuxed up tonight, but yeah. you've just uh, got, nah, all got too hard, did it? You, you should. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> did. Look, I don't know. I don't know how much more time I can spend with you in one day, Mark. <laughs> I've called two games of footy. Now we've got the podcast on. Paddy Cripps wins the Brownlow. How yeah, good. It's an amazing result. You did tip that today. Yep. Uh, I can say that with certainty. Thank you. Uh, but what I couldn't say with certainty is what was going to happen in the last couple of rounds because it was so tight and it took Paddy until the last game of the season to get across the line in essence, or the second last game, Sydney and St Kilda played just after them, but three votes against Collingwood gets him across the line in what was a dramatic finish to Miller didn't poll in the last round. Of course, Lockie Neal got one vote, but wow. It was a fascinating count, and the midfielders, again, dominating, as we expected. We're going to get through the Brownlow medal a little bit later on. You're on the shoulder footy cast live from Backchat Studios. as the Southern River Band, the boys out of Thornley. We do this every Monday and Thursday, a preview, a review if you've just joined us. A bit of a West Australian theme, fitting. Patrick Cripps, a West Australian boy, wins the Brownlow. You can find us on socials, Shelter Footycast on Instagram. If you want to send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com. .au. You can find us over at shelterbrewing.com.au, follow our beer, and then you'll find the podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, listen to us on a podcast. Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton. The boys down there doing a great job. Now, let's get into some big moments of the round. Let's start with, look, it's grand final week. The Brownlow's just happened, but the grand final is locked in. Geelong play Sydney for the first time ever. Which is astounding, because I think that includes South Melbourne. Yeah, of course it does, yeah. So 1897, I think they were both uh, initiation teams, if I'm not mistaken as well. Correct. That's correct, isn't it? Mm. How have they not played in a grand final? Yeah. It's 130 years. It is interesting, isn't it? Uh, and it was, uh, what a contrast in preliminary finals as well, just the... 
the Friday night training run for the Cats against Brisbane, who were very disappointing. And on Saturday afternoon, we sat and commentated what turned out to be an epic between the Swans and the Pies. Um, are you happy? I know... You know, you thought maybe the best spectacle maybe Geelong Collingwood. You didn't want a Brisbane Sydney Grand Final. Have we met in the middle somewhere? Maybe the the best two best teams make the Grand Final. Oh, definitely the best side of the year, Geelong. I yep. think that's locked and loaded. I think we both agree on that. And Sydney, what, a, what amazing! Look, they've done a terrific job back half of the season, and their best has been very good. But also conversely, when they've been vulnerable, the teams of even on the weekend. Collingwood stormed home to almost take them out. But, yeah, they, they showed some resilience. And, look, I think it's going to be an interesting contrast between it might be described as uh, the, the old bucks and the young up-and-comers. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this, this plays out. But, yeah, I think I think Sydney deserve to be there. They absolutely do. Uh, let's get into the West Coast and Freo wrap. There's not a whole lot to get through. We both called the Peel Thunder game today. They were in a... I don't know what sort of final it is. Is that weird? First semi-final. Well, there you go. It's an elimination final for mine. They play Claremont at Claremont Oval. We watched Claremont play the week before. Peel Thunder come in. They've got uh, 12 Freo-listed players. They've got 12, uh, uh, 10 or so Peel Thunder players. Um they don't show up, really. I mean, they, they couldn't have played much worse. Uh, not much credit for the Freo-listed guys. Nathan Wilson was probably the best of the lot. He was very good. Uh, bear in mind, Sam Sturt had a bit of a hamstring. Niggle Hickick three the week before. Uh, he's signed a new contract, to my understanding, with the Sam Dockers. Sturt? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so he's in. Nathan Wilson's got a one-year deal, yep. locked and loaded. Um, and there was no Tabiner because he didn't qualify. Uh, Meek, Meek played, who, who's rumoured to have requested the footy club. I don't think that's official yet, but I did hear just from a little sneaky squirrel that he has requested a trade away from the footy club. Well, that's a few numbers now, isn't it? Yep, so it'll be it'll be close to five. And Liam Henry, who's uh, he's getting interest from other clubs. He's contracted and won't ask for a trade, but other clubs are interested given the fact he hasn't played every game this year. So they've got five or six potentially on the way out. I wrote an article for Code Sports I, I, I really, look, I've been bouncing around a little bit. Luke Jackson, great player coming in. I really fear that this band of players in Tucker, Lobb, Logue, Meek, uh, Akers, these guys are role players. And, they're, they're, and one of them, fine. Two of them, okay. But to lose five or six... That's a that's a band across the footy club that you don't just you can't just replace. You can't lose six in the same sort of ilk and then replace six of the same. So I, I'm a little bit concerned for Fremantle as a whole with those six players maybe on the way out. Do you think that's directly, well, not all of them, but partly attributable to the Jackson deal that's going to have to happen? Well, uh, Fremantle have committed to this halfway through the season. Uh, from what I understand, uh, Freo players were... Uh, at least a couple of those players were pretty happy to sign on at the rates that they were getting this not year. Not Lob, of course. No, not Lob, but others in that band. You can do your own, uh, draw your own lines there. Uh, but I believe Fremantle weren't able to offer them something, even market rate, which means they're trying to save money in the salary cap to get a big player in. So I think they're fully in on that. West Coast interest is real, but West Coast won't land Luke Jackson. Fremantle will. And they're going to move a bunch of players out to make it happen. It's on the players as well. If if the players want success or money, I think that is a real discussion and an argument you can have. I understand more than most that footy's a short-term business, and it is a business. You've got to look after yourself and your family, and I'm all for player movement. Of course I am. But also, I do know at the end of your career, there's not many people that sit around thinking, geez, I wish I had made another couple of hundred thousand dollars if you don't end up with success. 
if you if you get success, you're happy. If you don't, you I think you're thinking what if more than if you don't. Yeah, that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, there's talk and and. The Dockers, as you'd expect coming out, we've discussed this already about Peter Bell and we spoke to Simon Gallick on radio about denying Rory Lobb a trade because he's contracted, etc. That's all. Purely they're just trying to get, yes. uh, in my opinion, better yep. numbers, better draft picks. As they should. Ab- absolutely. It's, it's a, an obvious and, and a completely understandable way to approach this. And uh, he said he's, the, the best thing that's happened here is that Rory Lobb's had his best season in the AFL. Josh Carr's on the way out. He'll be, he'll be at Port Adelaide. That's made an official. Joel Corey will become the new midfield coach at Fremantle. Um, that's a decent loss. I mean, good coaches, and by all reports, he is a good coach. They're hard to come by, so that'll be another one out the door. Look, I... I'm not saying anything that there's anything wrong with the Dockers or that he has cultural issues, nothing like that. But you've got to look at it for what it is. After a great season, 17 wins, they win a final, you've got a band of people leaving the footy club. I just I just don't think that's a positive thing. I can't put a positive spin on that. I'm sorry, I can't. Well, Simon Gallick did when we asked him about the exodus, and he said, well, we've re-signed 10 players this year. So, no, so has every, every other club. Has so played. he's, yeah. The, but it, they wrote... <laughs> All accounts, they're a happy camp. So okay, that, good, but good. but it's. A, I think you're right. It's down to a financial. It's down to a business, and what we think is, uh, you know, teams sticking together and taking salary pay cuts to, to get that success. That might not be. That might be a, a romantic vision of the past, Scoey, as opposed to the reality of what we're in in 2022 and beyond. Now you're on the Shelter Footy Cast with Will Schofield, Mark Reddings. We're going to roll this into a Brownlow preview. Uh, the well, little even bit, a review would be the, good. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark Reddings. Lucky you're here, mate. I don't know what I'd do without you. Uh, I just want to roll this in. We've done a lot of Frio there. West Coast update. Josh Kennedy takes out the Brownlow for the West Coast Eagles with six votes. You're on the Shelter Footy Cast. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. Yes, that's right. Josh <laughs> Kennedy takes it out for the West Coast Eagles. The lowest uh, tally by West Coast uh, since uh, in the AFL era, before VFL, of course, ended. West Coast Eagles 2022, 15-team votes this season. Melbourne in 13 had 16 votes. GWS in 13 had 17. That was an initiation club, I believe. Brisbane in 2016. Fitzroy in 1996 had 20. So... That's I'm, that's not a good thing for the West Coast Eagles. Well, the fact that Josh obviously was two bags. Was it Essendon and Adelaide that he got his yeah, yeah, yep. six votes? So, right. um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty scary number. Look, it's, it's only votes in a Brownlow, but indicative that uh, Josh Kennedy, leading goal kicker for the season and the leading Brownlow medal, medal voter for the year. So that's that's not a, a great sign for for free, uh, for West Coast um, after what's been a horrible year. At least he's left on a high. Now Paddy Cripps takes it out in a real nail biter of a. Uh, in recent memory, there's been some big wins. So this one, Cripps had to come from behind in the last game of the year, effectively with three votes to get it done. He beats Lockie Neal on 28 votes. Took 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 Miller <laughs> on 27, and Fremantle's very own Andy Brasher on 25. That's your top four. Um, Paddy Cripps, the, uh, the 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 first or next Brownlow medalist since Chris Judd at Carlton, mm, going back a decade or more. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's I'm I, he spoke really well after the Brownlow. I come away feeling pretty happy for him. Yeah, absolutely, I do as well. Three votes in that last game of the season. Uh, he also picked up three votes in a five goal loss to the Crows. So there's always going to be breaking down votes and why and wherefores. The big talking point. If you're going to try and bring down Paddy's moment, which I don't really want to do, because I can if you want. 
No, we, we don't want to spoil his moment, but a lot of people are, will look back on that, that incident involving Callum Archie at the Gabba. Um, he left the ground. Archie was knocked out. Uh, he went to the tribunal. He lost his um, yep. his match review finding, or his, the finding by the tribunal, went and appealed, brought in you know, like the, the Silks. Supreme Court or something the Sil- like that. The Silks came in yes. at the appeal. And, the Wigs. And they came in and gave it a gave it a really good spin, and, and Paddy gets off. I think he was very lucky to get off myself. What's more, I asked you the question before, what's more controversial? Uh, the chat we're having now, and um, okay, so he takes it and challenges it, and there was a lot of legal jargon, and he wins the Brownlow, or the one week remains, he still wins the Brownlow, and he, and and we're talking about should he have got off? The runner-up runner gets gets the, the that, chocolates. That would be more controversial. That correct. is worse because, I mean, you, everyone in the room feels bad, including the, the winner who knows he didn't get top votes and then ends up with it. Look, end of the day, Callum Archie, by the way, he, he didn't just miss that next week. He missed a couple of weeks of footy with concussion. So, uh, done, dusted, but I can tell you now there'll be, there will be some chatter about that, that tribunal decision. There, there will be, but I think the vast majority of the AFL world doesn't want to see someone get rubbed out if it's in a footy incident, right? If Paddy Cripps had to whack someone behind the, you know, Archie behind the play, Agree. people would be carrying on. But in a footy incident, look, you've heard me say it many times on this show and 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 others. Things happen on the footy field, and Paddy Cripps didn't mean to knock him out, and, and he get, ends up getting off, and that's what happened. So I think everyone would be more comfortable with him getting off and being able to win the, the Brownlow medal. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, he, he left the ground. Look, if you were to go and put that in another case, and he, someone got a week, you wouldn't argue with it either. But in this situation, the way it's panned out, absolutely. I, I agree with you. There wasn't... If the game is so quick, it was a split-second move. Should he have been... Suspended, I think so. The fact he got off, you know, kudos to him, and um, I wouldn't want that to be uh, just a slight on on this Brownlow at all. How are those Jets crackers going down, Skeeter? You got well, them right I got here for the last bit of it, but yeah, uh, yeah they, they they go well, yeah. a, and particularly Grand Final. Week. I've got to remember, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to say, I did go down to the shops, get the dip, get the chips, and I was walking out, and I thought, I don't have the Jets crackers, I better get them. I know Skeet's coming around, a little bit less salty than I remember them. I haven't tried the Jets for a little while now. Do you like them? Well, I, like I said, I just I thought maybe lacking a little bit of flavour, but that's okay. I know you like them, so that's why they're here. barbecue I, shapes are pretty handy as well. I, I, okay, a couple of other. Highlights from the night. Mark of the year goes to Mitch, Georgi- Mitch Georgiades, another West Australian. And of course, uh, mate, he's been in WA. I had a bit of a whisper he might have had contact with the West Coast Eagles. So, chat. yeah, just with the Junior Rioli situation. Yeah. So, um, at West Coast, would you be comfortable? Junior goes, Mitch comes in. Would you? Would you be happy just on face value for a swap of that description? If that was, I think West Coast wins that. I think that's a win to West Coast. Uh, Junior Rioli, 28 years old, 27, 28 years yep. old. Uh, West Coast are going to need to... Look, if they don't rebuild, they're certainly restructuring their team. He's a young player, looks like he can play. I think West Coast win that just just by age. Um, sure. Ma- ma- maybe Junior has greater upside, you know, at his very, very best, a higher ceiling. But I think probably over the journey, Georgiades would be a more consistent player. Maybe you could send another player to, to Port as part of the deal. Any, anyone well, I'm just saying, there's obviously going to be some delistings and whether that, you know, there's a player there they might. Okay. Anyway, that's all up for, up for discussion. Very but good. yeah, Georgiades took that market off the stadium. A Ruckman wins goal of the year, uh, Sam Draper. I like that a lot. And probably my favourite moment of the night, I think who really won the Brownlow medal were Aaron Norton, another WA boy. It was his sunglasses they made the night. They made it onto Marcus Bonte 
Nelson Pally. I saw Tom Liberatore Liber- wearing them. I saw... I saw Charlie Cameron wearing Charlie Cameron was wearing them. That is correct. There was some other... I think the Melbourne team had them for a little while. So that's outstanding stuff from Aaron Norton. Very, very big fan. So there you go. Paddy Cripps wins the Brownlow. Congratulations. A big win. Let's get into the two prelim final games. Geelong defeat Brisbane by 71 points. Is that how much they won by? It's an absolute walloping. Wow, we. It's a bit reminiscent of, dare I say, at 18 when the game was... Although your game against Melbourne in 18 was over at half time. Well, they, they did not score a goal, Melbourne. So, therefore, this match mm. wasn't quite the same, but it just after half time, it was a case of... Uh, it was a stress-free evening for Cats fans. They started a little bit fumbly for five minutes, but you can almost... Uh, forgive them a little bit for that, but they as soon as they found that groove, they looked outstanding. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield was very good. Geelong advanced to their twentieth grand final, chasing their tenth premiership ever. So uh, they've been a really successful side. They haven't won a flag since twenty eleven, um, so it's been a little bit of a drought. But since twenty eleven, I think they've they might have missed finals once, and if they didn't miss finals, like they've been in prelims and lost grand finals and and. Taking it right up to... They've been there for 10 years. But you can't win a grand final. People have knocked them. And I think we've all said, oh, they're getting old and why are they trying to push down this path of recycled players. But you can't win a GF if you don't make the top eight or top four. Yep. And that's what they've done consistently, which has given them a chance. And, and Chris Scott, if he's to get across the line this Saturday, I mean, first year as coach down at the Cats, I think it was, gets a premiership in 11, off yep. the top of my head. And then what, more than a decade later, does it once more. I mean, winning two flags that far apart, two flags full stop, yep. hopefully it silences some of the, the critics because there have been many in the last few years with their poor finals form. We'll get to speak about Geelong uh, next week as we preview the grand final and review it as well. But where does Brisbane lie after a performance like that, after another final series that... Uh, not out in straight sets this way this this time around. They win a couple of finals this year, but yeah, yeah, you make a good point. They they won a couple of finals, and yep. that I know they fall again at the prelim final stage. But to to get back against Richmond, put it this way: if that Tom Lynch goal is oh, yeah. declared a goal, that's when the heat goes on Fagan and Co. and the team as as a group as a collective. But they beat Melbourne. But they get through that game. They beat Melbourne. So. I still give them a tick this year. I, I, I really do. I thought they were, you know, that second half was, was terrible, and that's the memory you're going to have of them. But uh, they're going to be, I think, a team to, I think, keep your eye on. They've got um, Marcus Ashcroft's son, who starred. Um, He's on, meant to be on best Friday. In the country. Yes, yes, and so that that's going to be a father son selection that's going to automatically make them better. I think, even in the short term, which like, sounds like a day cost type thing at Collingwood. Absolutely, I think yeah. he's, he's going to be that good. So, um, yeah, that that's Brisbane moving forward. They're going to lose McStay. They might lose a couple of players along the way in the off season. I'm not still convinced that guys like um, Danaher, big finals. They Hipwood was good against Melbourne, but yep. yeah, if they're the two taking it into the next realm, I'm just not sure they're as reliable as some other combos in the in the competition. Yeah, you do look around though. And Key forwards are hard to come Absolutely. by. So you look, you look at Fremantle and say, "Oh, they're screaming out for this great big key forward," but. I don't know where they are. Of course, Geelong has a great duo. Carlton has a great duo. Richmond had has had one through Revolt and Lynch. West Coast have had Darling and Kennedy, but Ke- Kennedy moves on now. So I don't know. Footy may be moving a tiny bit away from there. Uh, Tom Hawkins has a big day, four goals, three. Paddy Dangerfield looked terrific. Some have said the best he's looked in years. Kicks two goals, 28 touches. He's desperate for a flag. He, he, he came from Adelaide to Geelong to win a premiership. 
Uh, he said that openly. Um, of course, he's come home to be you know closer to family and and all of that. But the move was for success, and they have had success, just not the ultimate success. And uh, you know, he's had a glorified career. He's, he's won a Brownlow. He's won Best and Ferris. He's won all Australians. He's done everything that you need to do. Other than win a flag, how yeah. much does he want it? No, oh, I just think we saw it in the prelim final, saw it early on. He's uh, he's a man on a mission, no question about that. Well, one thing I did want to bring up, Max Holmes. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yes, the heartache or the potential, mate. He's done his hammy. Uh, Neural I, awareness. I, I, don't, is what it's I don't cop it. I don't. I don't cop that. And okay, I'm sure if Chris Scott listens to this, which he absolutely will not. Well, he certainly will be a very popular show here at the Shelter Footycast. I I would rather them just say um, we're waiting on scans than than running this neural hamstring stuff because okay if he's had it before that's fine. Uh, I, I'm if not, you're a coach, I'm not Max it's, Holmes. If it's neural awareness, are you? What going happens if he has neural awareness in the first quarter of a grand final? Yeah, are you playing him? No, exactly. That that's exactly right. And you look your heart. Look, it's it's a very tough call for the young kid. He will have to on the Friday go full tilt. I like he'll have to play a quarter of footy. He'll have to not just one stride down the side of the ground. He'll have to be in full match sim. He'll have to be going through tackles, through change of direction. He'll get to top speed. Um, they they do numerous tests there, but he'll have to do it more than usual. Like he'll have to really prove himself that I have no issues with my hamstring, with my back, nothing going on. I, I it, it kills me. I hate seeing players miss games. I can't see him playing. I would be very, very surprised. Yeah, and there's a star swarm we'll talk about shortly in the same boat. But yeah, that that is a, a Parfit or I mean a goal. Probably Parfit's a light for light replacement. We'll discuss that. Does O'Connor? That. I, I mean, O'Connor he's O'Connor's, a sub. Yeah, and he, he's played a big part in this team over the last couple of years. So. I believe he's Medi sub because Parfit is the yeah. the natural, isn't he? Bit of pace. Yeah, bit of ball use. And he was pretty good this year. I thought. Um, before we get to some of those numbers, Mitch Robinson. Um, now I, I, didn't, I didn't know about this until Little clip Little clip along the way What was it? So Look it was a bit of a strange one He retired um, Sorry Sorry He played in the uh, The first final at the Gabba Yep Against Richmond And they won um, And he, he was interviewed by Channel 7 And he, he was sort of speaking about How it was his last game at the Gabba So he was hinting that it might be mm. his last year But then he was dropped For the Melbourne game Didn't play in the prelim Either and basically said on Instagram he was disappointed that Fags didn't give him the opportunity to speak to the people directly. Now, the way I read that is Fags is said to him, look, if we win this and we're playing in a grand final, I can't have you retiring before the prelim final. If we have three injuries, he, you know, he was in the team two weeks prior. Mm. I would think, not knowing anything about that football club, that Fags has said, look, you can't retire because we might need you. Right? He, unless unless on that night after that Richmond game... No, because it was always going to be his last game at the Gabba. He that's was upset. Saying, could that have been a bit like the David Mundy situation you're, where... You're, you're not fit, doing that in an elimination final, saying, oh, we'll give you one one more... No, no. No, but I'm saying ke, ke, his last game at the Gabba, at least uh, goodbye to the fans at the Gabba. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what his intentions were, but... Uh, he was a bit upset about it. Okay. Uh, look, you know, that's that's how it goes sometimes. I, didn't, I still haven't had my lap of... <laughs> Bloody recognition. Well, I didn't have a lap of honour at Channel 9 or Channel 7, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> do they do those? Do they chuck you in a car and chuck you around the office? No, they, they, they chuck you through the security and take <laughs> you what? No, it's, <laughs> you it's put your fob in. A <laughs> couple of bitter old men sit on the chairs here at the Shelter Footy Cast. That's that game done and dusted. Geelong advance to the grand final. Sydney defeat Collingwood by a point. This is one of the great games. It'll be one of the great prelims of all time. Uh, we will look back at this in 10, 20 years and say, remember when we sat in the 6PR studios and called this one, I was screaming at 
at the TV screens and I was telling you that Collingwood were coming back and you said they were no chance multiple times. And, yep, they, and they weren't. They, they didn't win. <laughs> yeah, come on, Skate. No, it was they, great, they great had, and to be fair, yeah. I think Lee Spur actually yeah. was the, the person. Yeah, that, but we're not going to be him credit. No, because he, he can't spell Collingwood. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at the fact that he did call it early. Spurry, God bless him. Yes. We love him. Uh, but it was an amazing game because Sydney just dominated that first half. Um, it looked as if... You know, Collingwood were competitive, don't get me wrong. And you kept saying, they're in this game, they're in this, they're in this game. But they just couldn't stop the, the flow of goals for Sydney, which, you know, at that rate, I said they're going to kick 22 goals in the game, yep. which clearly that, wasn't the case. They had to stem the flow. They, they, they couldn't just keep going goal for goal and maintain that four-goal head start. So they had to really tighten up their defence and, and stop the turnovers. Look, the way Collingwood play, I haven't seen many play, many teams play like this. They, they, they from the first quarter... There was no wide footy. It was get the ball, get it inside. Take the risks. And yeah, there was turnovers. And there was goals because of, of course there was. But the risk reward with this footy is is what you see late in the game. Yeah, Sydney gets tired, can't force the turnovers. And they've just got waves of people running through the middle of the ground. So, you know, it's it's been a pretty incredible ride for Collingwood fans and people watching that aren't fans of Collingwood. And I think they've earned a lot of respect from people. But Sydney get the job done. I know. I know. You, you know. You said at the start of the show that Sydney sort of uh, fell away a bit towards the back end of the game. I do think they were in a pretty tough position. They were up by four goals in the last quarter, which is comfortable but not comfortable. Yeah, and you can you can't play the way you want to play because you have to be defensive. You, you can't take it on through the middle because one mistake, you know, Colin was just going, going, going. So you have to be really conservative. Mm. And then Collingwood... That invites... Yeah, and what do you do? You know, you sit back and say, oh, you should just be aggressive and keep scoring. That's fine, but it makes it harder to defend against if you do do that, so... But mentally, mentally when it comes to your conscience, you're thinking, okay, we've got that four-goal buffer, so yeah. you are your, your immediate thought to get to a grand final is, how do we preserve this league? Yeah, it's not like, let's kick two more to win by six. You're just trying to win. Exactly. So they do go and win, so I'm quite positive about it, I, I think... Yes, they get you know eaten away by Collingwood, but so did bloody everyone this year. Mm. Um, that's how Collingwood play. So I think they'll be you know really happy to go and win a prelim and beat a good side in Collingwood. They advance against Geelong. The last prelim at the SCG was nineteen ninety six. We spoke about this last time. Tony Lockett kicking a score after the siren to get them through. So. Similar scenes. Two points uh, cumulative uh, for Sydney in 96. That year, of course, they went on to play North Melbourne, got beaten in the GF, but uh, they've got another tough task this Saturday. Max Holmes in one corner, yeah. Sam Reid in the other. Uh, I, yeah. uh, Sam Reid, to me, he's as doubtful as what Max Holmes is, I would have thought. Well, he's had a history of soft tissue injuries, which is a, which is a bad sign. Um, I mentioned to you on the night I saw him singing the song and he was really downcast yeah it was you know I think as a player you know you do you do know if it's one week or it's a four weeker um, you know either one of those is bad news for Sam Reid um, look you, you can you can wake up some mornings and it, and it all comes good but I think generally you do know as a player and he just looked really flat and such a great moment for his footy club and of course he's happy for everyone but you can look into how people are and, and I think I don't think we'll see Sam Reid in, in the in the you know grand final, which is you know, really disappointing. I played footy with his brother Ben Reid. Um, he's a Vic Country lad, so and and by all reports, a really good guy, good good footy person. So who comes in? I mean, look, just 
Before, is it Amadi? Yeah, so it was Joel Amadi who was doing a warm-up. And there's another name that I can't think of. I mean, Laddams would have been possibly in the mix, but yeah. he's been suspended. He, he's no hope. Oh, he did too. He got suspended in the VFL. So, it was on uh, Woe Woden, I believe. Yeah, Taj Woe Woden. Yeah. So he's, he's given himself no chance of playing in the GF. So, look, that all has to play out, and we'll discuss that uh, with our grand final preview. But uh, it's a magnificent performance by Collingwood, 17th last year. Get to a prelim final. It is a, the greatest turnaround in AFL which is, of course, not that old, but it's a, it's a great turnaround from this, this club. There were some things that Collingwood got wrong that really set this game apart. They, they didn't start well, right? So they lose four goals at the start of the game, and you can't make that up. Um, yes, I know it's a one-point game at the end of the game, but they started four goals behind. They played Braden Maynard on Lance Franklin, which I think they'll look back and they'll regret. And once they did eventually make the move to a, a Murphy and a Moore combination... Not only did Darcy Moore start beating Buddy one-on-one, but it just got him involved in the play. Oh, but Darcy was terrific, wasn't he? he? He's one of your best players. I do understand because I've played with a player like Darcy Moore and Jeremy McGovern. The temptation to play them on a lesser like and put... And exploit them. So, yeah, and put, well, no, maybe roll off and get yeah, involved yeah. and have a lockdown like a Schofield play on a, the better player. But quite often... McGovern is one of those guys if you put a challenge to him and say hey play on this good player they actually rise so I think they probably went a little bit safe with Darcy Moore they should have put him on Franklin in a start because Buddy Buddy started the game on fire he kicked two goals and six marks you know, starting the second quarter yeah and Braden Maynard they had a bit of a stinker to be honest with you early on and he yep. was giving away free kicks and he was not the right matchup, and Buddy was taking marks overhead, which is not his go-to. Is it because Maynard's 187 yeah. centimetres? He's not, you know, Maynard's second in their best and fairest last year. He's had a good player. He all Australian this year. No, am I wrong, Charlie? You're out the back there. You tell me. Was he all Australian this year? He was oh. in the talk. He was in the mix. I know that. Well, he's either been, way, he's been very good, but he didn't have his best night. No, he didn't, and he had. Couple of moments, but he's rubbing the the oil off Buddy's <laughs> arms now. Talking about poking the bear. Well, Buddy. He was all Australian, wasn't he? Yeah, Maynard was all Australian. Starting in the starting side. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. So he's had a cracking year. Yeah, I was skating skull young. <laughs> in fairness, we both have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Lads Franklin oils more than anyone in the league. Why? So because because it's hard to body him. body him up in oh, really? contests. Yeah, you slip off him. So <laughs> as soon as I saw him doing that, you blokes laughed at me. But I was like, he's rubbing the oil off his arms because. Yeah. Uh, he was rubbing it and wiping it on himself because it's like a it's like, like an eel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> like an eel. Buddy the eel. That's very good. Uh, they go and win. Papu was very good. He kicks three goals. He's a little, little cheeky character, isn't he? Uh, uh, you'd love to have him on your he team. He chirps away yeah. and he went and got stuck into... Uh, he gave up the old Luke Parker, the turtle, yeah. a few times. Um, yeah, he's going to be interesting to see uh, him and, and Buddy. Um, it's going to be terrific. Yeah, it's a good game. Sydney... Uh, play Geelong Grand Final MCG Tickets will be a premium And you've got uh, a few up your sleeve I think, well, I think you're off you? No, no, no None of that, mate No, absolutely not Just uh, just be in the Gold Coast For Ryan Davis' wedding While you will be enjoying yourself At the Grand Final You, know, you might have to do A bit of a live cross From the MCG Back here to Shelter Footycast No, I'll be on the shelters about, For about 9 o'clock in the morning I reckon I'll be uh, I'll be talking Swahili By the first bounce uh, Very good Shelter Footycast Will Schofield Mark Reddings A little bit go To finish off after this look we weren't going to give this away this week but I thought it's got to be fitting we usually give it to a West, West Coast player or a Frio player but a West Australian player even yes it's got to be a West Australian player and as much as I'd love to give it to Mitch Georgiadis 
I'm going to give it to Paddy Cripps with the Brownlow. I reckon he'll get a few free things this week. What do you think you get with the Brownlow? You, you'd be get there'd be some endorsement deals, wouldn't there? Gee whiz, you're right. I mean, I don't know who's who's the most recent example here from WO. I mean, Nat Fife has obviously yep. done it a couple of times. Uh, Matty Prittis, um, not the sort of bloke that would exploit that no. sort of stuff, was he? Fife seems like he may have, you know, have some good uh, corporate partnerships. Yeah, I just think would, would Paddy. Yeah, Paddy, he'd drink it. I think he'd drink beer, shelter, and, and you know, he's from Northampton. Reflect on the the fact that it's from down south. He's yeah. from Northampton, right? Yeah, just just drink. What, what else? Are they? <laughs> Josh Kennedy's from that way. Jamie Cripps is that way. I think they represent that area of the world very nicely. Uh, now we'll get a slab of beer out to him if you want. Your chance to win a slab of beer. There is some opportunities to do that. Shelter Footycast on social media or send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. We have had one in this week, Skeeter. Not sure if you're going to love this one, mate, but I'll read it out to you. Hey, boys. Question mark. Okay. Love the show, but the talk around the Swans prelim being at Homebush rather than the SCG is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Skeet said the SCG's 48,000-person capacity is and I quote, not quite half of Homebush. Last check, last time I checked, Homebush is only 83,000 mark. Yeah, so off the back of that, I'm 13,000 now. And <laughs> I'm not just out on that front. They actually did play the Giants early in the season. Might have been around one or two. Yes. And they got about 25,000. At Homebush? Yeah, at Homebush. So they did play there this year. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what their, their preference. Obviously, SCG is their preference. But in terms of getting, if Collingwood was to play in Sydney against the Swans at a... Mate, they would have got 80,000 at a venue. Well, this. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that- our, our email isn't too happy with you, mate. Secondly, the mm. Swans earned top four and the right to host a prelim at the ground they have dominated at the last three months. Why should they have to give that up for 30,000 extra tickets, Mark Reddings? Well, what's this bloke's name? <laughs> what is, what's his name? Jackson. Hey, Jackson, Jacko. <laughs> mate. Go and point that argument to Geelong, who would love to play the, uh, the either the grand final or the preliminary final let, let at GMHBA let, with thirty or 40,000 capacity less than the G. Let me just pause you there, Mark, because the email, <laughs> the email continues. Of course it does. <laughs> Moving the cats from Cadinia makes sense. Oh, of course, Jackson yeah. It's because it couldn't host a family of six while it's under construction. But the Swans shouldn't have to leave their home with 50,000 feet. Also, he continues. This sounds like like my wife when I've come home late. And another thing before you go to bed, you absolute disgrace. (laughs) Also, saying there would be nothing worse than a Brisbane-Sydney grand final, should we just forget the season and play one game a year for the two clubs with the most amount of members? Sorry for the frustration, but those two things just don't sit well with me. Keep up the good work, says Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Now keep up the yeah, keep up the throw me under the bus. Well, Sydney and Brisbane. Let's be honest. I mean, that would have been like you know Melbourne. Melbourne, you know what it's like, Scully. You love to have a. a, a I was with you, mate. I've just, I just Jack, that, that Jacko's being, just put you in, in, the, in said, the crosshairs and just popped one straight yeah, through. Yeah. I'm not sure where Jacko is, but keep him coming, Jacko, because you know some of those points are valid. Homebush um, capacity wise, yeah, I'm ten thousand off, but uh, let's be honest. 13,000 off. Thank you for that. 13,000 off, um, but 48,000 people at the SCG, if that's where they're playing all their finals from now on, that, that's fine. But I think um, I think Jackson needs to pull his head in. That, that's just a pathetic, puerile little argument. But that's okay. We'll, we'll keep your eye on you, Jackson. And um, 
I'll come looking for you, brother. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Jacko, and I appreciate the <laughs> contribution because that's the most I've laughed in a little while there. If you'd like to wind up Skeeter Reddings, send us a <laughs> send us an email. Get one of those to us, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au because I'd love to sit here and listen to Skeet fire off shots. I'm tired. People. I'm emotional. I've been talking <laughs> footy for six hours with Sky, and it's absolutely doing my head in. <laughs> Alright, we're done and dusted. Find us on socials, Shelter Footycast on Instagram. Listen to us on, as a podcast, watch us on YouTube. Skeeter, we got one more in us and then you'll be off to the grand final. We got two more in us. No, we got one more in us. One more grand final preview. We'll try and knuckle it down, break it down, have our selections and hopefully pick a Norm Smith medal, win it for you and a uh, bit of a weather forecast, bit of a crowd forecast, uh, tickets, what they'll cost. If you name it, the places to go in Melbourne if you're going across, we will have it for the next shelter get stuck into those jazz flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company united healthcare insurance plans offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more one of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs coming off your parents plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle or even missed open enrollment want more flexibility find out more about united healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to health care it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.